the echolocation, like the ability to use sound reflecting off of objects, it's human sonar. Everybody is born with this ability to interpret echoes and create like an acoustic image. Why is the brain so plastic and how we can retrain it? And part of me learning to get off a tandem bike and onto like a solo bike, it was really to challenge and even help develop this ability and drive some of these adaptations. With Visioneers, the organization that we sort of helped pioneer, you know, independent riding, we teach an active sonar signal with a click of the pump. Okay. I'm scared to even ride a mountain bike, and I can see this is incredible. Hi. Okay, now we're officially on Bike Talk KPFK live stream. I don't know why Nick's pointing at me funny. Making funny faces at me. What you want, man? You on? You on? Yeah, I think. There he is. All right. I'm on. We're here. Take it away, Nick. It all worked out. It all worked out. Okay, take care, guys. Um, No, we're going to start the show right now. (laughs) Some laughs, you know. Um, Nick, why don't you take it away, my friend? Well, okay. So we have talked to Bri- we have talked to Brian Bushway before, and we've talked to Brianna Cohen before. Okay. And to hi, Brianna. Hi, Brian. Brian. Hi. Hi, Don. How are you guys doing? So I, I no. Okay. I think what, you know, when people hear Brian about what you do, it blows them away. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. What do you think? I do. What is so impressive? What is that, do you think? Uh, I think that you ride, you mountain bike using uh-huh. echolocation. Is that fair to say? That's true. Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty true. Yeah, using echolocation, like the ability to use sound reflecting off of objects. Um, it's human sonar. It's a natural human perception. Everybody is born with this ability to interpret echoes and, you know, get and create, like, an acoustic image. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, the brain, what's cool in the last, like, 20 years, uh, neuroscience has been able to take MRI scans of the brain. And we've always known if you lose one sense, the other senses get stronger. Mm. But now we really know why and how and the why is the brain so plastic and how we can retrain it and part of me learning to get off a tandem bike and onto like a solo bike it was really to challenge and even help develop this ability and drive some of these adaptations and so it comes to the point where the brain like the object recognition parts of the brain are activated by an echo and so the brain Hmm. is imaging with sound so we have we have this ability from from our ancient ancestors yeah yeah i mean this is every this is sort of a forgotten sense that but there's always been stories since the beginning of time of people doing this um 
like guards and, and, and edges of jungles where it was really dark. They thought that they were using more echolocation or when we lived more in caves or we spent, you know, we weren't always, you know, predators. We were a lot of prey. So we took the cover of night and probably spent a lot of times in caves and more movement at night. So ancient man was probably a little, you know, more dependent and used their sense of hearing. Uh, many more ways hmm. and that's sort of all shifted but now we've all discovered this like and then we've been able like with vision years the organization that we sort of helped pioneer you know independent writing um with with in conjunction with you know echolocation um you know we were able to really like other people could have access to this and develop sort of teaching techniques and curriculums about why would you have to do that? I thought he was on Google. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Can you call oh, him back? Okay, my God. Pause, please play the elevator music. Okay, yeah. Uh, we, we just had a major... <laughs> I broke <laughs> I broke the show again. <coughs> I break the show every once in a while. I totally broke the show. I'm sorry, everybody out there. I cut off Brian. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I suck. Just sit. Just sit. Be quiet. <laughs> I'm so sorry. There was it. Things were out of order here in the studio, and I was trying to move them into place, and I didn't realize that all of that stuff was precariously positioned to have a phone call on air. I'm so sorry, Brian. Are you That's all right. I thought I thought I said something offensive so quickly off the bat that yeah. you guys had enough. It was um, all my fault. I pushed some buttons and broke the show. I've done that before. I did that before just by calling in, so it can happen. Anyways, back back to what you were saying. So, Nick, take yeah. it away, my friend. Yeah, back to what you were saying, Brian. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's echolocation, right? We all can do this, and, and it's sort of forgotten. But now we've had this teaching curriculum of how we've organized all of this. And so it really, you know, brought new, this ability of like, you know, sonar vision, being able to detect like objects in the, in the, the world's a world of fuzzy geometry. Right. You're not, you're, you're just getting general shapes and features, open spaces versus closed spaces. Now, um, so the, for those that are just tuning in to KPFK live stream, bike talk, we have Brian Bushway on the phone. And Brian, you are, is it legally blind? Is that the right way to describe it? Like, Yeah, I mean, yeah, legally blind. But I'm totally blind. Totally so, blind. and no light, per, no light perception since the age of 14. So you ride a mountain bike. I'm scared to even ride a mountain bike. And I can see this is incredible. So how does the echolocation technology work? Well, it works pretty simple. It's not even technology. It's really, a, we, we teach an active sonar signal with a click of the tongue. Okay. And that, that click is loud enough to go travel out in the environment, reflect off of objects, you know, far away, up close. And then the reflected sound, you know, the brain hears and recognizes those unique so you're not even you're not even using like a device. You're just using the sound of your voice. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, That's it's incredible. Possibly. Yeah, it's amazing. And there's two types. You know, there's passive echolocation, active. Passive is any ambient noise, us people talking, any sound. That's always sort of reflecting. Okay. And pretty much every visually impaired person is using this to various degrees of, of, of awareness. But if we want more detail and be more precise, and more information quicker, the tongue click becomes superior. And that's like the visual analogy of you using your central vision, which would be like active and central vision. You want more detailed information versus your peripheral vision, which would be like passive echolocation. That's incredible. So, yeah. So, you know, so obviously like if you're just casually walking down the street, you don't necessarily need to click very often because things are kind of more similar but when you're moving faster you have to click more there's sort of head scanning strategy to use um can you even detect like branches in the way uh like, yeah, like larger ones and things mm-hmm. uh-huh i mean you can hear when things like canopies over your head uh-huh you know it's sort of like, like a tree over your head is like an umbrella effect okay okay hmm. Wow, that's just in, incredible to me. But now, now, now we can ride down quiet residential streets by ourselves, like independently. Okay. But when we go out on a trail, we usually ride with a sighted person out in front. Okay. So gotcha. on their bike, we'll put a nylon zip tie, and we'll like angle it around. We'll sort of zip it to the frame, angle it into the spokes, and as each spoke goes around, the zip tie makes a grrr sound. And, uh. and so that gives us an auditory clue of where the trail's going up ahead. And then we're clicking and keeping our alignment to the left and to the right. Huh. Be- and then the, you know, the things that are sort of discussed would be, you know, major drop off on the right. Yeah. And that tells us stay to the left. Or, you know, if there's big boulders and rocks, you know, we communicated a system. Right. You know, that microwave size, you know, little pebbles, refrigerator size rock. You know, and so we just sort of created just sort of a quick code to help communicate certain certain things. That's and just, so we're yeah, incredible. so we're riding. You know, so that's when really we were out on the trails when we were really like, you know, hitting single track things. You know, the echolocation is not is not detailed enough to be able to like discern like the narrow trail from maybe all the bushes nearby. Yeah. So having that sound source of the wheel to follow um, was was different, and it's really it's really an interesting experience versus tandem. Like I started on a tandem bike, okay, and that's that's, that's really important. So we'll come back, you know, segue back to Brianna here and all of her tandem stuff. But like, mm-hmm. but but the tandem was cool. But I miss being the pilot of my own body. Okay, right. Right, and so now that I was on my own bike, following the zip tie, using echolocation, I was now in control of all of my movements. Like I had to be the one. If my bike went off to the left side of the trail, and now I'm up in a berm in a bush line, you know, you want to stop and slam on the brakes in the beginning. But with more experience, you realize actually, if you power through that, you could just give that extra push, push through the thing re-correct your angle and get back on the trail. Wow. Like, even though you're hitting the bush line, you're not off the trail. Like, right. you can still keep that momentum. Can you still get back in? 
So where so where are like, some of the funnest trails that you've done? Oh, uh, most of the riding's been down in like Southern California, Orange Orange County, in the okay. foothills of Saddleback Mountains. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. And who? Some of the first, sorry. first trails were in the Verdugo Mountains, Santa Monica Mountains. I mean, that's some single track too, right? Isn't that sort of that's yeah? That's treacherous. Yeah, we've done single track stuff. We choose, you know, we choose the trails wisely. You know, I don't, I don't want to go on too many trails where there's big, you know, 50-foot cliffs to one side. Right. Just because the error margin would be deadly. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, you know, we like, a, you know, fire roads are really nice and relaxing. Um, you know, nice double tracks are, are, are usually good. Um, but yeah, but we were like, you know, we got a whole team and figured out, you know, the whole goal, we call ourselves team bat many years ago. And there's a group of guys, this is when like mountain bike action 2001 was coming out and doing some of the first articles. And the real goal was, you know, how do we make like independent riding? Um, like what's, what's the system here? Like, how can everybody do this on their own? Right. And, and so we came up with all these different, you know, with this zip tie, we did try baseball cards with baseball cards. They just wore out too quickly. <laughs> and then, you know, we, we tried all of these different things and we ended up creating the system and it was just like, wow, you know, people can do this. Like, like it's pretty cool. So it, you've been I, doing this for 19 years. Is that, does yeah. that, Wow. So have you had any, you know, major, I mean, how has it been going? Crash ratio? Well, yeah, it was uh, two years ago. I had the biggest crash of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I when I called and I talked with my dad, his I'll tell you what happened. I started sharing the story with my dad. He goes, well, that's pretty good. You've gone like pretty much your whole life of riding aggressive mountain biking now this is just when you're ending up in the emergency room <laughs> so that's it's a pretty good record and i've had <laughs> lots of falls and crashes but this time i was out riding we were out in the hills behind jpl and i hit that like the bush line i was sort of following a friend and <clears throat> i just went like to the left of the trail and my, my, uh, you could feel the bushes on the left hand and on the handlebars. And then the trail just dropped. Oh, no. And I'm like, I'm way too vertical for way too long to comprehend it. Oh, my like, gosh. Oh, and then, bam, I hit, like, a tree, and I sort of slide down it head first, and I sort of, uh. like, end up with the bike somehow on top of me. I sort of somersaulted overhead first, uh. and when my when I hit the tree, it exploded my helmet, uh. and the foam, you know, disintegrated. But the plastic casing ended up sliding down and shredding my ear. What? Oh. Wow. Jeez. And and so like I don't really know how bad all this is. I collect myself. I you know jump back up onto the trail. And, like, the ears, like, bleeding. And my buddy's like, oh, man, that's pretty bad. And I was like, yeah. And I couldn't ride it anymore. I was sort of just out of it at this point. And there is a lot of blood. And then we had to hike out. We were, like, an hour and a half in. Oh, my God. Back out the trail, go 
clean it all up, and I end up getting home later, and it's just not stopping bleeding. Oh. You know, it's just not. And so I had to go to the emergency room and the UCLA Emergency Center. You know, 18 stitches later, they they put the ear back. You could see through oh the top God. of the ear. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So wow. it heals fine. No scars. You wouldn't even know. I do have a little piece of the foam helmet as a souvenir. <laughs> I was going to say something. There's still a shard of, you know, plastic yeah. in my forehead. Yeah. I mean, it was more surprising. Like, he could, you know, could I could have landed on a stick and impaled myself. And been, you know, things. But what I took away was, like, man, I was glad I had the helmet. Like, I, uh. had, I had the gloves on. I had the helmet. And I was glad that I had the right type of safety precautions. Because that was the difference of an accident from being able to walk out on my own or having to go home in a helicopter. So, Brianna, uh, this is the this is where what what you st- what you're starting with ends up. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna crash and fall down. No, oh, wait, that sounded awful. No, that's not what I mean. I mean, um, <laughs> Brian is taking you know you're beginning with the tandem rides that Brian started on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hadn't realized that the echolocation was even a thing. I I think that's amazing. Like, the definitely, like, the best parts about biking is the pure, like, freedom and, like, self-sufficiency that you can do. So, yeah. like, the tandem bikes is a team effort, but being able to do it on your own also is just such an incredible feeling. Do you want to say what, what you did, Brianna, with your project? Yeah, so, totally. So last year, um, I was one of the recipients of the Greg Seipel Award, and it's through Adventure Cycling Association, uh, and the goal is to help young people get in in the bike saddle, um, traveling more by bike to wherever it may be. And so I applied um, with my project idea of doing a workshop and then group ride uh, with some of the students at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. Um, and I had done rides with that, with the students before on tandems and they just like, they're always so much fun. It's such a different experience. Um, just like being on a tandem bike versus on a single bike and also like being in that atmosphere where everyone's experiencing it, um, the ride in different ways. And so I wanted to do a workshop with, um, the kids just so like we could talk about more more in depth like what bike travel is and um how to get started with it because uh, it's it's a really great like self-empowering way to like get out and explore the world and you know like if everyone can do it so yeah so i did a workshop with them and then uh went on a group ride as well in the same day mm-hmm. and so you pitched this idea to adventure cycling and they chose you as one of four people that they wanted to fund your project Correct. Yeah. So this was, I think, I guess it was a little over a year ago, applied in December. And then um, first it's like a written application and then you create a video detailing your idea more. And they select four people to be recipients. There's like two different levels. One is an introduction to bike touring level. And the second one is more focused on like outdoor leadership when you're more of an experienced bike touring uh, person and 
they so they didn't fund anything but it was all they they provided so much support and encouragement and i think the goals of the organization are so great like they really are striving uh, just to get more people riding and traveling by bike which is um Yes, awesome. <laughs> so, Brian, before you go, I know you have to go in a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk about so where this has taken you in in your journey, your bigger journey? Yeah, I mean, for me, when I got on the bike, you know, it was pretty like amazing that excuse <coughs> me, like in two thousand one, like when mountain bike action said, you know. Brian Bushway, almost certainly the world's best totally blind mountain biker. Like, I had not really been blind all that long. You know, that was, became blind at 14, and now it's like I'm 18. And I was like, whoa. There was a, there was a season, and I was the first lost my vision. I never thought I'd get on a bike again. And now I'm out here on these hills. They really challenge preconceived ideas of what was possible and human abilities and all of our capacity. So, like, mountain biking has really opened up a lot of doors for me. Like, there's a cool music video by the Renegades. Yeah. Or, uh, by, the song's called Renegades by Ex-Ambassadors. And they found this video of me you know, charging my mountain bike down this huge staircase out in front of the, the, the staircase is actually in front of the chapel at Pepperdine in Malibu. We were looking, we were filming this thing with some buddies. They're like, where's the cool spot? Like, there's this huge staircase. And I'd never done anything like this in my life. We just set it up and I had hype man up at the top and, you know, charge the stairs. Keep, keep your butt off the seat, get real low. But being able to do that was it's just sort of impressive for people that like that video now is in this, you know, that, that, that clip is in this huge music video, um, which is showcased just even other people doing amazing, other people with disabilities doing like amazing things that are like, Whoa, like those guys are, you know, truly, truly doing something impressive. Um, I mean, even just recently, like even the mountain biking has come around, like CNN, a great big story uh, did a, did a segment, you know, showcasing it. And so, ever since then, like oh, what happened? Wake of momentum from it. The sound so, got low. Hello, there you go. He's back. There we go. Um. Well, I guess is is now the time you have to go, Brian. Yeah, I mean, I got two more two more minutes, but um, then I got to go. I'd love, yeah, I'd love for people to check it out. Like, you can go to, like, the visioneers.org website for more stuff. Um, even, I play music in a rock and roll band. We got a show this Friday in Culver City on the oh, wow. 31st. What? Jocks and Dailies. We uh, are, uh, we're called Angel City Fiddle Squad. Oh, you wow. can find us on Instagram if you search Fiddle Squad. You playing fiddles? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I play the bass guitar. Wow. But our lead, yeah, but our lead singer, Austin, he plays the violin, and it's it's cool Americana, up-tempo, like, bluegrass music. You know, the Ramones meets Johnny Cash. That sounds so cool. Yeah, so check us out on Instagram, and even myself, Brian Bushway, and follow, and hopefully we'll all get out on a ride someday. All right. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. And, yeah. 
Do you Sorry. use any echolocation stuff uh, when you're playing the bass? Yeah, I mean, it's easy. It's helpful to find a microphone. Like, because it's sort of standing in free space. Wow. So you can click, and you can help you, you know, hear where that is. That's amazing. But we'll talk more about it another time, guys. But okay. Thank you for having thanks me. For ha- thanks for being on the show, and thanks for sharing your experience. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And Brianna, I'm really proud of your project. I think it's a really cool, inspiring thing that you did to bring that opportunity to so many people. So thank you for being inspired and taking action to do that. Boom. It's really awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. It's really inspiring yeah. what you've done, too. Hopefully we get to go for a ride sometime. Yeah. Well, cool. All right, guys. All right. Until we talk again, have a great evening. You too. Good night. Bye. Uh, bye. Yeah, and Brianna, we want, you know, we always invite our guests to stay on longer, so we hope you can, if you can, to stick with us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can stay on, for sure. Okay. Um, are we going to take a break and go into the next segment? We have a new segment we're rolling out. It's called uh, Street Therapy. Street Therapy. Street Therapy, where uh, we give you... Um, Less than professional advice on how to deal with uh, road rage, road trauma. Rage, trauma. Yeah, trauma. Yeah, but we're here to help. We have empathy. We're we're not trying to make fun of you. But if there is comedic times, we're maybe. hoping there will be a, a whole full range of the full whole range. spectrum of many emotions, human emotions. and uh, that sort of thing. But wow, uh, that is um, <laughs> there's is it, a lot of road here in Texas. Is there? Okay, so we'll talk about that in Texas. <laughs> okay, we'll um, be back. I would imagine there's a lot of road rage, and what is it, like armed? Are there people that are armed? Like, how's that going? Uh, well, there's a lot of trucks rolling by really fast. They're on the larger yeah. side, uh, high speed. Exercising yeah. their freedoms. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll talk about that. When we uh, when we get back. Okay. Cool. All right. Um, we're gonna take a short break here. I'm trying to put on some music. Why don't for you the put break. on uh, Renegades by the that song that uh, Brian talked about? <laughs> oh, what was that? Renegades. It's called Renegades. Let me look at that up. Renegades. Want to see? I want to see. Okay. It's not a matter of enjoying it more or less. It's about enjoying it differently. You know, it's it, it's enjoying it through through different vision, through another lens.
Brianna Cohen is with us. Are you there? Yeah. Brianna? Hello, everyone. Now, hey. you're in Texas. What town in Texas are you in? I'm in Austin. Ooh, I love yeah. Austin. Yeah, it's a fun city. Yeah. Big fan. I can't wait to go back and jump into Barton Springs. <laughs> yeah, it's open all year round. I was in it just a few weeks ago. Really? And it's warm enough to be in there, or is it chilly? It's cold water, but it's pretty close to the temperature that it is outside, so it feels nice. Uh, uh, Barton Springs. Have you ever been to Barton Springs, Nick? No. You ever been to Austin? Yes. It's, it's, uh, it's this cool little... Uh, they made. I guess it was built in the twenties, and they they had a spring that was coming out of the ground, and they built uh, sidewalks around it and diving boards, and you can dive into the spring. It's so fantastic. And and Austin is a really good bike town. Yeah, bike friendly. It's bike. It's a good bike town, right, Brianna? Yes, it definitely is. Yeah, there's lots of trails. Uh, and they're improving a lot of the city infrastructure to have more bike lanes, protected lanes, and all and everything like that. Um, Charlie Gandy, who founded People for Bikes, was a state senator, I think, of Austin from Austin. That's maybe that's trivia. <laughs> Do you know about Charlie Austin. Gandy, Brianna? I'm not, I I don't know about him, but Austin's one of the cities that People for Bikes chose um, to help increase the ridership. So mm-hmm. we're trying to, like, get to 50% ridership uh, in the next couple of years. Hmm. What is that? 50% of what? Like Or, like, half of people's trips. I think it's double double the amount of riders that are in Austin and then have half the trips be, like, non-car trips. So with bike, bus, a combination of both, walking, uh, scooters even. So... Fifty percent of all trips. Well, I mean, I'm not to press you too much on it because it just came up in conversation, but could be fifty percent of all trips that have some form of some leg involving a bicycle, or will we? Yeah, doing? like, um, I think it's fifty percent to be non-single occupant vehicles. So it's like instead of driving your car alone, you're doing another form of transportation, and biking is probably like the quickest most efficient option out of all the other ones Oops. scooting too scooting could be scooting too. scooting mm-hmm. scooting so non so so electricity could be like in like you're saying non-fossil fuel or bikes specifically anyway i'm <laughs> we're getting into the weeds of <laughs> yeah, the policy right. here what you know what i had an ev- uh, episode uh this Saturday, I'd like to see if we, we can need talk about we need a street therapy jingle, so that we can. Brianna, can you like make up introduce... a song on the, a jingle on the spot for street yeah. therapy? Uh, riding on the street, people can be mean, but if you keep riding, you get you lean. Get <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cha 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 cha. All right, so street so. therapy. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll make it upbeat. This is street therapy. This is where we rent and we rave. And we might misbehave. All right, everything doesn't have to rhyme in a song. Though. If they <laughs> if they curse, then we wave. No, nothing. 
Why not? How, yeah. How long have you been doing this street therapy? Or is this the kickoff? This is you're listening this to. This is it. This is the first one. This is our experimental show oh. where people call in 818-985-5903 with your um traumas, you know, your street trauma, your street you know, what justice you? issues. I think it's going to be based on restorative justice. Is it? I don't know. It's a, just a nice idea. Yeah, okay. Um, and Roadblock is a sort of a citizen scientist of street calming. Street calming, yeah. So Which maybe is Satan talk to a lot of uh, car drivers out there. You don't want to be calm on the road. I don't want, I don't want anyone calming my speeding. Fossil fuel aggression. Harshing my mellow. Um, anyways. Yeah, anyways. So, you know, um, tell us your story, Brianna. You know, uh, It was my story? Do, oh. do you have a story, Brianna? I don't have a story. Okay, okay. I forgot. Moment. It's Nick's story. So tell us your story. But I want Brianna to help. We're already, we're already like, starting off on the wrong foot here with Cause yeah. therapy. Because Brianna sounds like she's, she's very optimistic and positive. And yeah, and I'm here trivializing Nick's trauma. Well, what's the trauma? Let's hash it out. All right. Yeah. So okay. I was on the way to my uh, brand new street librarian's ride uh, in Echo Park. Not Echo Park. Sorry. My old one is in Echo Park. My new one's in Eagle Rock. And uh, it was uh, Saturday. And I had gotten only f- a few blocks from my house, like seven minutes from my house. And I was on a Brompton. So not, f- I mean, I don't know. Are Brompton slower? Dan. Then other bikes, I was about to blame my bike for my slowness. Probably that's offensive to other Brompton users. So I was on my Brompton, and I'm just a slow rider, but there was a guy in front of me who was even slower. On a bike? Yeah. And I don't usually encounter that that often, you know, that I'm the fastest. So this, this is a bike on bike rage? Well, let me tell you what happened. Okay. So I'm sort of confused about how I should approach this because I don't want to make somebody feel like I was when somebody passes you there's always a little bit of a tension I feel yeah like you want to get in their draft you're like who's this person showing me up I mean even if somebody's not competitive it's like you might think the other person is competitive and thinks they're getting over on you or whatever and I didn't want him to think that about me so and way overthinking it and I started to go around him and he kind of sped up a little and I thought, well, maybe he's doing that because he doesn't want me to pass him. So I hung back a little bit because also I didn't want to speed up to get past him and then have to stay going faster than I normally bike just because I passed him. This stuff gets complicated. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I stayed behind him and, you know, I tried not to make him feel like I was trying to rush him. He looked around. He was looking around as if he was enjoying his ride. (laughs) And I don't know to what extent he was, like, trying to, like, be cool with the fact that I was there or whatever. But then he just went head over heels over his handlebars. Oh, my God. And he landed on his face. Oh, my God. And he didn't move his face from face down. And I'm like, why is this happening? Why is he not moving his head? He's just like face down in the asphalt. And I came up to him and I started to think about trying to move his head to the side so he could breathe. But then I thought, no, you're not supposed to do that. And I untangled his uh, feet from from his bike and he was just breathing 
into the sidewalk, and I was worried he was going to suffocate. And then it got, somebody from, I guess, the car behind me came up and then got down at his level and was like saying, I think maybe he's having a seizure, which then it looked like he was. All around me, people were coming out. People were coming out from the business across the street. This was on Verdugo in, in Eagle Rock. And um, people had yellow vests on from that business. They put down yellow cones there. I got on my phone with 911, but somebody else was already on 911, but I stayed on because they said to stay on. I sort of was a bystander, and they were sort of the people who were like more active and sitting there with them and seemed to know more were kind of shooing me away. And I just felt like maybe I caused this, and here I am supposed to be a bike advocate with a podcast about bikes and, you know, all these car drivers and other people are doing a much better job of handling the situation than me. The paramedics came, a fire truck and another ambulance, and they put him in a neck brace, flipped him over, and he had just his face was already... Oh, my God. Like, all red and, and discolored, like it was already bruised, and his name was Michael, and when the other people left, I took off. Wow. You know, I probably am still thinking about this at some level, and that's why I'm in street therapy. <laughs> wow. Um, so this was like a bike-on-bike. Bike. It wasn't even a bike-on-bike bike incident because you guys didn't make contact. But the guy flipped because yeah. you guys were sort of sort of racing, kind of getting into that little mental space maybe of competitiveness. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what his mental space was. So how do we approach this? How do we, how are we gonna? You know, what's what's the issue here? You're feeling guilt. Well, what would you have said if you were there and you know just you were you? To me, if I said you know, I'm kind of wondering if I caused this, if you know, and then I feel kind of like it also made me feel like wow, there's a lot of help out there sometimes <laughs> that's cool that reinforces your faith in humanity right mm -hmm. um i don't think you were at fault i mean you were trying to pass the guy the guy sped up you know he you know was trying to i guess stay in front i don't know but uh he fell you stopped you helped you're good man don't let it get you down well, if he hears this, I'd like to, you know, Extend hear from your, him. Yeah. Be liable. <laughs> I'd like to. Uh, like, yeah, yeah that was my fault. My my entire bank account. <laughs> I mean, you know, did you help him with his bike? Like a lot of times the paramedics will come by fire department and you're not sure what's going to happen with the bike, right? I didn't. What, I do, what does happen? I don't know. Sometimes they don't take it. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they take it to the fire station. Who knows? Yeah. They might just leave it? I've heard that that does happen. You know, if somebody doesn't, somebody's in there and takes possession of the bike, does the ambulance take it or do the fire department people take it? You know, who knows? So, you know, I guess I would expect somebody to say, oh, it's not your fault, don't blame yourself. But at the same time, it's like... Uh, You're at fault. Well... <laughs> You're guilty. Maybe, maybe that could be looked at. The, the, the whatever that kind of tension. Basically, is you were egging this guy on. Mm -hmm. You were right on his ass too, like pushing him to go faster and faster beyond his limits, and then he fell. 
what method are you using right now to to try to help me? I wasn't trying to help you. I think you're at fault. In no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Well, I maybe helping me is not the maybe. <laughs> We're exploring all the different ways that this could go, and I think still that you're not at fault. So yes, Brianna. It was just a little harsh, you know. What do you mean? Oh, his feedback for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was your fault. You know, You're, it's fine. These things happen. Yeah, these things do happen, right? Yeah. But um, as a as a as a guest street therapist, Brianna, um, do you have any other thoughts on this? Like, uh, do you, have you ever been in a situation where you know you feel like there are tensions between you and other cyclists because you're you're passing somebody or they're passing you and how do you how would you deal with that um i don't think i i haven't experienced too much tension but the other day like i was riding and then there was someone who was on a cargo bike and they were on well actually they were on the other side of the street i'm not really sure what they were doing on the other side but they were just going so much faster than I was and I just like saw them like pretty much just like buzz by and I was like wow I I'll just I can't get to that speed and I don't know if I was just feeling like jealousy that they could go so fast and I was just going my average pace but then they were powered you know by other means and not human powered solely so oh, it was an e-bike it was, yeah. It was a ch <laughs> bike. Yeah, which I think are really cool, and they're great for, like, hills or long distances or carrying a lot of gear. I've never ridden one myself, so I don't know what they feel like. But, you know, this it just is like, are they just going to leave the average bike that's not an e-bike behind in the dust? I used to be a skeptic and kind of a hater of e-bikes, but I've come around. I think um, they could really revolutionize our transportation grid if the you know if they if people can get onto them without feeling like they're going to get killed by a two-ton machine. Um, they're fast, you know. If people get on those things, the more docile forms of transportation on the road we can get on there um the better so i think i think um personally i i'm okay with e-bikes although you know they are a lot faster it's almost like cheating but whatever well i mean yeah. are you are how do you feel about that because you said eat bikes which Eat. <laughs> I don't even know. I know that when they first came out, that was my reflex. Yeah. Was but and and part of it's because I would think that other people would think that I was uh, cheating. But I don't think that people really think that any, that much anymore, especially with you know electric scooters and all the e-bikes out there. Yeah. Are e-bikes big in Austin? They are they pretty popular? Yeah, I'm seeing more and more of them mm -hmm. lately. Because on the west side of Austin, there's like a lot of hills, the, the hill country. So mm -hmm. they definitely help for that. Yeah. 
I would ride an e-bike to Barton Springs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then, then you don't get as hot and sweaty, and you don't just want to like jump right into the springs. Then well, they like, right. they well, say that that cool. they they're saying that you get just as much exercise because you still have to pedal. And um, you're just you're just moving twice as fast, but you're still pedaling. So that's but, what they're saying. And the way that you get more exercise is that you, even though you're, like, say you're, it, you only do half the work, but you end up riding three times as much or something like some some. Right, because it's so easy. You can plug in anywhere. So you get more exercise. Although you're bummed when the battery goes bad or goes dead, and you're out somewhere, and the thing weighs like eighty pounds. Yeah, that's true. So then you get even more exercise. Yeah, even more. Yeah, so it's win-win. <laughs> All right, we can't be mad, right? That was like a street therapy session that ended up being like in a positive spin. Positive yeah. spin. Well, yeah. Should we, we all go get e-bikes now? We're going to go get e-bikes. I don't have – they're like a couple thousand yeah, dollars. I'm, I'm going to get – I mean, I mean I'm going to get an e, uh, electric cargo bike if if I get – you know, if I feel like I can afford it some point um was that it yeah. for the, yeah i have a i had a street therapy story to share go um gosh i okay so truthfully i actually forgot the story but it was really a cool story i just don't remember i'm trying to block it out of my head like that's how i you know take take uh well, you, you were hit by a car and i mean you could talk about that. i i was hit by a car like you're still and it has traumatized me to this day even though it happened 10 years ago now wow um i was hit and it was a hit and run and i was slammed into from behind and um yeah for a long time even to this day i i don't feel completely comfortable riding on the streets i i'm always like looking over my shoulder so that's kind of a wild little experience mm. like f before that i felt like i could do anything on a bike and after it was sort of like coming to me thinking hmm i don't feel like my luck is up today so i'm not gonna ride i'll just drive or take the bus or something like that. So So you have to feel you you check in with yourself and see if yeah. you're feeling invulnerable that day? Yeah. Isn't it wild? Mm -hmm. Even to this day I feel sense. that. So Wow. Yeah. Um there should be like we should get a therapist on here who can really talk me through this cuz Well, we have Brianna as our guest. Oh, are you <laughs> street Can therapist. you talk me through this yeah. cuz I She's a human. I, well, I got to get over this. I'm not I'm not a therapist, but my mom is. Really? So, can we get know, her on the phone? Like, I, <laughs> my genetics. Um, okay. We can get her all. That would be amazing. Brianna's mom on the phone. She's often the one to warn me not to cycle in the streets because she finds it very dangerous, even though, even though I bike in the streets every day and also like work for a bike nonprofit that helps other people learn to ride and, and get like the confidence skills and comfort skills to ride in the streets. She's still very skeptical that it's safe. Wait, so she, she, she might not be able to be our therapist to get us back on the road. 
No, I think she would encourage you to not ride. <laughs> really? I want, part of my recovery from getting hit, hit and run, I caught the driver, by the way. But um, part yeah, of yeah, Don rec- did some detective work. Yeah, and uh, uh, that's a story. I don't fuck around. I don't fuck around. I, f- I will find you. If you didn't you kill me, I will find you. <laughs> but uh, I did find. Um, yeah, it was just like it. It like part of my recovery was to you know I got medical attention, and also they had me see a counselor about you know getting hit and the psychology of it and the the guy that i had i started to talk to him and he's like he's like well you know you were riding a bike like what did you expect i almost (laughs) walked out the door right then and there but i did put in a request to get another guy but i i actually ended up arguing with him like we started like it started escalating from there, like just getting irritated. And it was like, this guy was already blaming the victim. And he's the psychologist that's supposed to make me feel better. That's just w- these, these big hospitals, they, you know, they, they see so many people. They think they're. I guess. Or it's like to a psychologist, this guy, you know, he probably drives like an expensive car makes a lot of money, you know, as a doctor and so forth. He's not he's not tuned into the struggle of the the bicyclist. Like a lot of people aren't, you know, like it's it's um Well, Brianna, what would what do you think your mom? If wait, not your mom because Well, like, she yeah. What would a pro bike psychiatrist <laughs> say or therapist? Um well, they would first want you to acknowledge that this trauma happens and you know like take a moment to just like acknowledge it like be like very aware that this is something that's happened to you and that it's gonna affect you Mm -hmm. and then um maybe also releasing all that pain that you feel from it would be the next step like healing releasing pain that you feel what, how does that sound? Well, how do you release pain? Like, what you would, that, you what would, does that take? Uh, the way I see it, you'd be like, <laughs> How'd that sound? If, if I ever feel like pain or frustration, I usually go for a bike ride. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Before she back on the bike. Wow, that is what I would think a bike therapist would say. A street th- good good street therapy, Brianna. Thank you. We're gonna work on this. Segment. You know what? I think every piece of advice is gonna end with take a bike ride. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna prescribing a bike ride. But I'm scared to ride a bike. I'm scared. How did you get back on the bike after the accident? Um, that's a good question. I'm trying to remember, I was out for at least a month, and then. I got back on, and I don't know. It was just, I was even afraid to cross the street when I was walking. That's how crazy it was for a while. It was like, all these cars are out to get me. Wow. Yeah. Um, and Sorry then, that happened to you. Yeah, no, no worries. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I, I'm not exactly sure. I think I went 
just on group rides where I was with people mm -hmm. and you sort of get more used to being on a bike kind of thing. Nothing really new for you? Like group bike ride therapy is like, is, is that, is a real thing, you know? So, okay, so you prescribe group bike rides. Yeah, I prescribe at least four mom riders rides and... Is that... Do they still have those? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, and that's two not... crank mobs. <laughs> uh, we, we have a, a yoga ride here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to go on a yoga ride. Is there? There has to be a yoga ride in Los Angeles. I, I know we had a yoga ride, at least one. Really? Yeah. Where did it go? It was in the valley, and uh, you could have gone. It was probably up by you. Really? When was it? Uh, a few years ago, five years ago. Maybe. I wasn't out in the valley until like two years ago. But, you know, I mean, do rides, they don't last forever. They're sort of like communes. Yeah. Group rides. <laughs> you like communes. They don't last forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're right. That's sad. We've we've seen the rise and fall of a lot of great rides, but they're like living organisms. There was a new ride. What was that ride? They give birth to other rides. Yes, there was the um, the the chill Chinatown Mosey, which sort of came had it has it had its rise and then it birthed the West Side Mosey, mm, which I have heard of. So that was a ride that got birthed from an East Side ride wow. to the west side then a couple, a couple of years later the beast side mosey arose which was born off of the west side what? mosey it, it returned it returned back to the east side mosey this is, isn't that wild somebody needs to make a like a family tree yeah like um what are those books of the bible where they just go through every possible family tree i don't know <coughs> but um so do you feel this pain that uh that Brianna says that that I think is the precondition for letting go of it? Are you are you aware of it? Or do you still have it as much? Maybe the pain? Yeah. Are you holding on to anything you think from this? Yeah, you said. I'm holding on to a lot of pain. And that scream that 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 Don released, do you think that that is really a release of pain or uh <coughs> or uh anyway we, i think we covered it i think we're good it's been a great street therapy session here on bike talk live kpfk mm -hmm. um basically i guess the takeaway from that street ther therapy session is like go fuck yourself that's what you're saying right nick uh i don't know where that came from were you like this before the accident oh i almost said accident it's a collision my friend oh man I am I'm okay. Gonna lose, I'm gonna lose my job. Fortunately, he doesn't have a job. How long have you two been doing this together? Because I I feel like when I was on it last time, it was just Nick. No. Yeah. I know now. There's a cancerous other voice on this whole thing that's ruining. What everything. do you think, Brianna? Is it is it as good as it was, or is it better? Well. I like. I feel like the more the merrier. Yeah, like me too. I like back and forth banter, so I think it's good. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. There you go. Okay. Validation. I don't have to kill myself. Okay. So. <laughs> he's so he's so negative sometimes. I, I think know. he's on Facebook I'm sorry. too much. I'm very cynical. How many times do you post a day? Don? I haven't been posting much lately. I'm really. I'm taking a break. The bicycle thing came and gone. There was a lot of bike love in this town. Have you ever ridden it on the bike rides out here? 
Brianna? Have you I, been? No. Well, We've gone to Austin and ridden bikes over there. Well, I've ridden, wait, you're in L.A.? I've ridden yeah. once there with brother along, like, the boardwalk, I guess. It was along the water. Oh, you missed out on. What? That's a great ride. That's a great ride, but there's these, there are group rides here that oh, are just yeah. massive and fun. There's a group. There was a group ride in Austin that I went on, actually. Um, I think it's Austin Critical Mass. Have you done that? Oh yeah, the Thursday night social ride. Yeah, and it starts right by the river, right there. Yeah, at Festival Beach. Yeah, that one's awesome. It's yeah. so it's so large. It's been going on for like ten years. Yeah. Like, it's crazy how many people show up constantly, like, consistently every week. That's just so fucking beautiful. I want to go visit every city in the world and just go on a bike ride and tour the city on a bicycle. It's just the most amazing thing. Don, Except for I, Las Vegas. Fuck Las Vegas. Don, I have to say that if we're going to get our own air show, which is a acknowledged goal of Bike Talk, you are not going to be able to swear even once. Is this going to be possible for you? Sure. If you ever go to... Um, New Orleans, there's a guy, Bob Rod, he's a radio like talk show host and he mixes vinyls and, and plays music on the show. And then he also leads a bike ride on Tuesday nights called It's All About the Music Ride. Oh my god, that sounds cool. So like two or three different bars that are playing like pretty solid music that night, live music. And wow. he has like insider scoop to all the good jams because he hears that info from his radio session. So he's the man if you're ever in New Orleans. What's his name one more time? Bob Rod. Bob Rod. Okay. We had a uh, Nolens meetup for Midnight Riders, the group bike ride, one year in New Orleans on New Year's Eve. And it was the most spectacular bike trip. I, I went with 30 people. We went by van, by train, and by plane. And, wow. um, yeah, and we rented a two-story house, um, like, you know, built in the 20s or something, one of those, an old neighborhood, and it was just, uh, it was just, the, that city is beautiful, so I'd love to go back there and ride with somebody like, what was his name again? Bob Rod. Bob, Bob. Rod. <laughs> Almost like Bob Ross, but Bob Rod. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. He's probably around the same age. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to really? do Really? Okay. Do you want to do a rundown of uh, other stuff and uh, bike friendly stuff in Austin, Brianna? Before we. In Austin. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think other social rides. There's one like every night of the week. Um, Thursday ones are the biggest. There's like Thursday night teardowns also, which are a bit faster and like higher faster pace like more experienced riders i do a ride on sundays with a group of like wtf plus that's women trans femme uh riders and we'll do like 20 25 miles and then stop for snacks uh, and then ride back oh what other ones and then there's just like different community rides depending on the events that are going on in town um we'll ride different trails uh Sometimes there's different themes. I organized like a farm bike tour. Wow, farm 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 bikes. Yeah, we we stopped at like two of the local farms here and got tours. Get out of here! <laughs> that sounds really yeah, cool. Was... Did Did you guys look at bulldozers? 
bulldozer. Tractors. What bulldozers? Yeah, Don's farm, into farm dogs. equipment. Because I th- I'm friends with Don on Facebook, I'm getting bulldozer uh, group off like groups on my feed. Get out of here! Are you serious? Yeah. It's so horrifying. I'm becoming a little kid again as I get old. Um, well, play with are there, Tonka what, trucks. What are, some, what are some unique rides in uh, Los Angeles? Ooh. Oh. Um, well, you know, the passage ride yes. is no more, but there's a continuation, right? Yeah. Uh, how do you find what out about that? that? There, was the, there was a ride called The Passage of a Few People Through a Rather Brief Moment in Time that rode every Wednesdays. And um, they went for 10 years. Everyone's a fantastic, fantastic route nerd shit. Um, Extraordinaire. And they did some weekend rides and overnight camping. It was amazing. And it came to a conclusion. But now they're doing a monthly ride called, what is it called? Yeah, what is it? The Completism? Completism, yeah. So they're going to revisit some of the routes they've done. If you look at their, their map... They've layered, you know, hundreds of routes. I mean, I think they did 509 rides in that 10-year period. And they've layered all the routes on top of each other. And they've pretty much ridden every single street in Los Angeles and beyond. So it's quite a quite a legacy that they left behind. It's the passageride.com, I think. Passageride.com. So check that out. That would be an interesting thing. Like I've talked to them about like, hey, why don't you guys take this to other cities? Because they were they were on that New Orleans ride, and we did some rides into the industrial areas or the Ninth Ward or along the Mississippi River, and just saw some fantastic stuff and ate great food. And it would be great to take that ride to a city like Austin, do the same thing and explore. Oh, yeah. Like a like a a global or nation national passage ride yeah that'd be amazing um but but yeah. you're you run the midnight riders website right Don? me yeah and it's it's at its heyday um you know a lot of the stuff is on facebook now but um there's still rides getting posted and there's a lot of history in there but where would you suggest there or where would brianna look if she's visiting I would look on Facebook for Midnight Riders. Um, it's hard to find stuff now. It's sort of like Facebook sadly ate up all the traffic. So now you kind of have to weed through friends and friends of friends to get to something. So it's not as open and inclusive as it was on the yeah, Midnight Riders. Yeah, people Rider don't side. even listen to or use Facebook, uh, young people. Oh, really? Yeah. What are they using now? Uh, Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, like, really? Mm-hmm. Instagram's old school too, though. What about like you know TikTok or Snapchat? Uh, there's Reddit. You know, you get some good info off there. Reddit, yeah. There is a Reddit Midnight Riders folder somewhere. But you were also done talking about another ride that somebody started. Uh, what is it? Rebels or something? Oh yeah, um, Renegade Riders. What? That's, what? That word is is a theme for us. <laughs> Renegade Riders? Yeah. Well, no, Renegades. Renegades? That's the name of the song that Brian talked about. Oh, yes, Renegades. Um, Renegade Riders? Renegade Riders. It's a new ride that's being led by Jenny Girl. We should have her on here. She makes insane sound bikes. Um, insane. Like huge speakers. What? We were just talking bass. about sound bikes. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, not exactly. 
I mean, Jenny Go makes like the most amazing sound bikes. So, and they're really big. They're, they're like cargo bikes converted to like sound bikes with big speakers and DJ setup, like turntables and stuff. It's insane. So, that's awesome. Yeah, we got to get you out here, Brianna. And uh, yeah. on these rides, just contact us. Yeah, bike talk. Uh, bike talk at kpfk.org. Yeah, so thank you for uh, for coming on. Give us the report from Austin. Do you have any uh, websites or Twitter accounts that you want to promote? Uh, just my Instagram account. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. No, um, what is no, it? Good I, one. I thought we were going to look it up. Yeah. Uh, okay, my my Instagram is Brianna.Cohen. That's my name. Brianna.Cohen uh, on Instagram. Okay. And what will we yeah. find there when we get there? You'll find uh, lots of pictures outside, usually like some weekend bike camping trips I do. Okay. And then biking around town and then some occasional like chickens uh, or... Hmm. Why chickens? Water. <laughs> I, I love chickens. You know, that's our, that's our icon. Our logo is, is two chickens on a tandem. Yeah. No way. Mm-hmm. Done for us by a local <laughs> graffiti artist. A local graffiti artist named Kache is uh, just made it for us, and I'm I'm not sure why, but it stuck. And so now we have two hosts. We didn't when it first came out, but it seems to have uh, it made it. It made it made sense. Man, we now brought it, a lot of quality. High quality when we when we got a second host, namely me, and so it, we resemble we res, we resemble our logo now is what I was trying to say. I try to be as honest as possible. This is cool. I'm looking at your Instagram right now. I'm gonna give it a follow from Wolfpack Hustle. All right. So right on. Anything like a website or anything like that? Um. No, I've made a website for the project i did but it was really just so people in austin like or or elsewhere knew that it was going on and could come join for the ride okay but i haven't done follow-up with it yet i want to put some like resources out there on just like what i did so anyone else can do it like in different cities hmm. but i haven't gotten around to that yet look at this this instagram wow look at this this um hamilton pool reserve where's that is that in austin oh that's that's like just outside Austin. It's a really close drive. It's beautiful. Oh yeah. my god! Wow. Next time you're here, definitely go there. But yeah. also, you have to like make a reservation a good amount of time in advance because it's pretty popular. Oh really? And it can only hold it can only hold a hundred people. Is like, it? In a given... Is it on private land or is it a public? What is it? It's a. It's like a preserve uh-huh. um it used to be open for people but it it like got it, too many people found out about it in mm-hmm. a way that like it was too overcrowded so they limit it to 100 <laughs> people at a time gotcha and you can like reserve a morning time session or an afternoon session it's fantastic yeah mm-hmm. real great slice of life photos here on this instagram account okay huh. all right okay. brianna thanks yeah, for brianna. coming on Good talk. You, you know, yeah. We'll have you back for uh, street therapy. And, yeah. Oh, uh, I feel so, so much better after this 
Yeah. We we really got over, got you over that um depression about, you know, riding bikes in beautiful scenic Instagram spots. Boston. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, and that's it. We're going to wrap up uh Bike Talk on KPFK live stream. Nick, you got any parting words, my friend? Ooh. Uh let's see. Um he does not. Um, I, I felt like Maybe. there was a theme. Well, Renegades is the theme. I rise in the morning and greet the day. Pull out the bike and I'm on my way. The transportation shows I care. Every turn of the pedal cleans the air. Green in the green, I'm saving the planet. Just like my friends Daryl, Sean, Toby, and Janet. No greenhouse gas, a tiny carbon Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group. 